This morning our scripture reading will be from Luke chapter 2 verse 1 to 14. So if you have your Bible, please open it, your Bible app, your physical Bible. It doesn't matter which translation, just please open it. But before we do that, let's just pray. Yes, Father, you deserve all the glory and the honor. Lord, I just want to ask also and, 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 and say in the name of Jesus, every lofty opinion, every... Every false argument that tries to set it up against your knowledge, I take captive in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no use here. The truth will be spoken. And Lord, will every word that I speak this morning will just honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so please read with me from verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when... Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and so... And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths. Sounds nice. They're all, all English. Swaddling cloths. And laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And an angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger, And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on the earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Such a beautiful scripture. The little Lord Jesus born for us. Sorry, is this my Okay. Yes. Okay. So there's a phrase in the, the, the carol, the Christmas carol that we, we sung, um, the little Lord Jesus. And it's a beautiful phrase. And as much as, as I like that phrase, you know, we will do ourselves a great disservice if we think of Jesus as only the little Lord Jesus. Or if we think about Jesus only in this season, if we leave it for December of every year, if we don't think of Jesus as the Lord God Almighty, we miss so much. Yes, Jesus is Lord. Can we all just say, Jesus is Lord? Jesus. One more time, please. Jesus. <laughs> okay, that's a bit better. He is indeed Lord. 
So if you are part of this family and, and you are in a connect group, you will know that if you've done the Lordship chapter, the New Testament refers to Jesus as Lord how many times in the Bible? In the New Testament? Let's see. 740, but, but you can add a little bit more if you want. <laughs> 740, see, so you can bet that it is really important. It is critical that we, under, we understand this. So if, if you're sitting here and you say that Jesus is Lord, what does it mean to you? What does it look like in your everyday life? What does it look like in your marriage? What does it mean? What does it look like in your everyday activity? If you're dating, what does it mean? When you're working, when you, when you have to do work, what does it mean? When you are budgeting... What does it mean? When you are buying those Christmas gifts, what does it mean when you say that Jesus is Lord? So please allow me just to get a bit technical. And I know my wife loves it when I get technical because then I ask her a lot of questions. The Greek word used most in the Bible to describe God is the word kyrios, which means controller, supreme rule, or authority. Now I know... Maybe if you hear the word um, controller, you haven't got a problem with that, or you, you'll say, I haven't got a problem with that. You know, I don't mind giving the TV remote to my son or my wife, or I don't mind someone else driving my car as long as that someone is me. So in the Old Testament, God, the maker of heaven and earth, when he introduced his, his, himself to the people of Israel, with his personal name, Yahweh. Now, the, the pronunciation is, is, is not known exactly how to pronounce it. But the Jewish people considered the, this personal name of Jesus so, so holy that they didn't want to, to, to speak it out loud. So they used the word Adonai. Sorry, just give me a moment. So therefore, they said, Lord, Adonai. So just being a bit technical, so if we read the Bible and you see in your Bible, you read Lord, all with capitals, L-O-R-D, they're speaking about Yahweh. And when you read capital L, small letters O-R-D, it's Adonai. So when we say Jesus is Lord, we're saying that Jesus is Yahweh. So more importantly, who is Jesus then? If we say Jesus is Lord, who is Jesus? Okay? Or more importantly, if I have to ask you the question, who is Jesus for you? Is the ultimate question for each of us. Peter made it so, so perfectly clear in, in Acts 2 verse 36. He said the following... I want to see if that, sorry. Okay, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. This Jesus whom you and I crucified. Jesus is not the little Lord Jesus only, but he's also Lord. He is Yahweh, he is, he is Adonai, he is Jehovah. 
So the Lord, Jesus Christ, is the promised Messiah, and he is Lord. So when we speak about Jesus as the Lord, the word makes it perfectly clear that we are referring to the deity of Jesus Christ, that he is indeed the maker of heaven and earth. He is indeed, as I said, Yahweh in the flesh. He is Lord, and I am not. He is the supreme rule and authority, and I am not. Which brings me to my next question, that how do we, how do we make Jesus Lord? Because so often we say, you know, I should make Jesus Lord. Okay? So, but let me ask, how can we make Jesus Lord if, if he already is Lord? If he is the supreme majesty, if he is the supreme king of, of kings, should we not rather surrender to his lordship? Should we not rather say, listen, I will stop, stop um, doing my own thing. I will stop resisting his word and submit to his authority. That is what it means when we say um, that Jesus is Lord. A complete transfer of ownership. Completely. And it comes at a great cost. Yes, it does. We have to count the cost. The word says so. But the reward far exceeds any cost that you think you might pay. Our eternity. And I believe that this is where many well-meaning Christians get it very wrong. They accept Jesus as Savior. But then they do not surrender to the Lordship, His supremacy. Accepting that Jesus saved us by, by dying on the cross, but forgetting that He also rose from the dead. Forgetting that He rose, that we no longer have to be slaves of sin, but slaves of righteousness. That we can live a life free of sin. That we can live lives of victory, and we don't have to sin. We can be free. We can live in that victory, the fullness that Jesus speaks about, life in all its fullness. So regardless of, of, of what version of the Bible you, you read, whether it's the, the ESV or the, the NIV or the Good News Bible or the Message or the Amplified Bible, what we so often do is we'll read the Bible. We'll read the Bible. This is the ESV. And I'll read it and I'll go and I'll apply the PSV. So what is the PSV? The PSV, the partially surrendered version. Okay? I know maybe that's just me. I don't know if you do it. But I know I've done it many a times. And then what we actually can do is just rip that piece of the word out of, out of the Bible and tear it up and throw it away. I was thinking of doing it to one of my own Bibles, but I was afraid lightning will come and strike me so I let go of that idea so rather than, than, than preaching to you this morning and saying listen yeah, this is what the word says this is what you should do this is why you should have lordship in your life this is why you should surrender I want to just share a couple of verses that's been so close to my heart and, and when I first accepted Jesus as a savior of my life not fully comprehending what comprehending what it means to submit and stop resisting and accept, surrender to his lordship. 
So I'm just going to share a few verses and, and share some of what, what God taught me through those verses. I'm going to start with the first one. Luke 6 verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you to? As I said, how, how often have I read something just to go and do my own thing? Apply the PSV. The second scripture I would like to share is Deuteronomy 4.24. Because the Lord your God is like a flaming fire. The first good news Bible that I had said, like a consuming fire. He tolerates no rivals. This is a verse in 1998, I think it was 19 or 20 years old. I was in a, in a church, living of Word, I think it was, and, and, and the, the pastor read this verse and it spoke so deeply to my heart. It, it cut my heart. Knowing that, you know, I accepted everything more important than, than following Jesus, submitting to his authority. Also still not knowing that there will be plenty more areas of my life that I will need to surrender. Verse number three, James four, verse four. Just I'm going the right, the truth this morning. But just allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your heart. James four, four. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So remember, I'm speaking, this is what God shared with me. So many times, fame and, and my friend's opinion mattered so much more than God's opinion about me. The following verse, Matthew 3, 8. Bear fruit... In keeping with repentance. When I was a young Christian, um, I, I had an impure relationship with a, with a girlfriend. And, and one morning, I'm, yes, I feel it's just this spiral of repenting again. Lord, I'm so sorry. And it just keeps happening. And, I'm, and I turn my Bible open to this verse. And God speaks directly into my heart and says, Repentance produces fruits. Maybe it's time to surrender this part of your life. You see, when we have habitual sin, maybe it's because you don't have fully surrendered that part of your life to Jesus. Or maybe we're just too, too much pride in our lives to say that we need help. God resists the, pr the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The next verse. We all know this verse. Matthew 6, to 34. But seek first the, the what? The kingdom of God or our kingdom? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. How often have I sought the kingdom of this world instead of the kingdom of God? Being concerned about, you know, how can I build this, this kingdom, this, this lordship of, of self, instead of following the kingdom of God and his righteousness. There's a reason why when Jesus first started his, his ministry, he started with the words, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So he spoke about his, his authority, his kingship, his rule, his lordship. 
And then he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So when Jesus tells us to, to first seek his kingdom and his righteousness, he's saying, follow me. Die to self. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. This is a habit that, that I formed. And it kept me out of spiritual family for approximately nine years. But encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. When we say that Jesus is Lord, we cannot do it apart from spiritual family. You can think, you can isolate yourself, and you can, you can uh, have your own church at home. But being apart from spiritual family, you will slowly but surely lose your confession. You'll become judgmental, and you will lose out on so many blessings. Do not neglect to meet together. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. Such a big one, this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. Whereas the PSV goes something like this. I'll trust you, Lord, with some of my heart. And I will lean on some of your understanding I will acknowledge you in some of my ways and some of my activities and I hope that you can make my path straight. Uh, <laughs> That's not what the word says. So one last verse as I am probably able to keep you busy for the whole of the Sunday. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let your hearts not be troubled or afraid. Uh, 2017, I read this verse. And at that stage of my life, because there was areas of my life that it wasn't fully surrendered to, to His Lordship, I had little to no peace. And I said, Jesus, please will you give me this peace? Because you see, Jesus told His disciples He'll, he'll give them peace. It surpasses understanding. This was on the eve of his crucifixion. Jesus knew that they will face terrible persecution and hardship. Yet, I will give you peace. And God is so faithful. He showed me areas of my life that, that, that wasn't surrendered to his lordship. And if you ask me now, John, but do you have that peace? I say, yes, I do. Because I know that the peace of Christ is the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that, that helps me to bear fruit that glorifies His name. So it restores our original created purpose of glorifying God, reflecting His character and His nature. And as a result, go read John 15. Jesus says, these things I've told you that your joy may be in, you, in me and your joy may be what? Complete. Lacking nothing. So if you're looking to have peace that, that leads to joy, you need to surrender. You see, we all have, have different roles and, and responsibilities in our lives, and we are all differently gifted 
and have stewardship over different things in our lives. But it all needs to be surrendered. Whether it's your marriage, um, your sexuality, your, your emotions, your finances, your children, your comfort, your security, your provision, whatever it is, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that the Holy Spirit is going to lay something on your heart this morning. And God is faithful. If, if you ask Jesus to show you areas in your life that's not fully surrendered, fasten up. The spirit of truth will always, will always prompt us and help us to fully surrender areas of our lives that's not fully surrendered. Okay. So, John, this is great. I hear what you're saying. We need to surrender, complete surrender. So, in reality, what does it look like? Practically, what does it look like? Because if we look at verses like Matthew 7, where Jesus says, Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will inherit the kingdom of God, but only those who what? Do the will of my Father. So how does that look? Romans 12, 1 to 2, and this is the, the conclusion of this morning, which I want to read to you. Paul is speaking, and he's saying this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, and obviously he's speaking to the sisters as well, by the mercies of God to present your what? Your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, what does that look like? It's a continuous surrender, daily surrender. You, know, you see, when we, when we give our hearts to, to Jesus, repentance unto salvation, what? Then we, we are saved. But then the, the thoughts and the memories that need to come in line with God's will and His Word, those memories, those patterns of thoughts need to be transformed. And that's why He's saying, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your true spiritual worship. Do not conform to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you'll be able to discern the will of God which is good, acceptable, and perfect. There's no doubt that the enemy comes to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. And if we want the, the peace of Christ in our surrendered life, then we need to fill our, our our minds with those things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, worthy of praise. Any, if there's any excellence, Philippians 4 tells us to fill our minds with those things. So what are we filling our minds with? Fully surrendered life. So in concluding this morning, I want us to pray. Sorry, if I can have just someone on the keys, please. Thank you, guys. So I want you to close your eyes this morning. You can close your eyes. Yes, Jesus, it's, I believe the Holy Spirit. Um, Holy Spirit, thank you that you are revealing to our hearts something, Father, that it needs to change. Help us to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, Father. In preparing this week, I just, just know, Father, if there's, there's areas in our lives that's not fully surrendered, we, we carry heavy burdens. We carry weight that's unneeded to, to carry, Father. 
Lord, I want to pray for that person this morning that, that have read your word, Father, but, but is applying his or her own version, Father. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you will reveal whatever needs to change, Father, whatever needs to be brought under your Lordship. Father, I ask that in faith, Father, that person will, will submit, Father. Stop resisting. Maybe you, you've heard God saying you should be baptized, but, you, but you're resisting. Or you should ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but you're resisting. Maybe Jesus is saying, listen, just bring your marriage to my table, which I've prepared for you. But you're resisting. Whatever it may be, can we surrender it fully to Jesus? I want to, in faith, whether it's finances, maybe you think, Lord, I can't be generous because if I'm generous, I only have so much left to give. Well, I only have so much left to, to live on, Father. But His words say, trust in me with all your heart. Do not rely on what you think you know. So when truth, when the truth is revealed to us, we can do one of two things. We can say, Lord, I hear you, I see you, I repent of this, Father, I submit it to you. Please help me to live in victory. The other side is we, we hear it and we apply our own version and what, what happens, our hearts is hardened. Hebrews 4 says, if you hear God's voice today, do not be stubborn. Do not be stubborn if you hear God's voice today. You see, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And Jesus doesn't lord, us, lord it over us. It's that gentle whisper. He says, just surrender. So if you feel that there's any part of your life that needs to be surrendered, don't you want to, in faith, just, just lift your hand. I just want to pray with you. Thank you. I see the hands. Thank you so much. Thank you for your obedience. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I want to pray for each person. Father, that they repent of, of what you've revealed to their hearts, Father, and just help them, Holy Spirit. It might take accountability with a friend and not away and apart from spiritual family. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. Lord, and then I also want to pray that if there's any person who have never accepted Jesus, Jesus as Lord and Savior, as the supreme rule and authority, the, the greatest treasure of their lives. If you've never decided to follow Jesus, don't you want to make Jesus Lord of your, or accept Jesus, surrender to his Lordship this morning? If there's anyone here, please, I would like to pray with you. If there's anyone that would like to, to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus, please surrender. Yes, Lord, thank you for, for this morning. Thank you that we, we could hear stern words, Father, but so needed. So needed to, to know that you are Lord and we need to surrender any, every part of our lives to you. Because in that there's, there's great peace, there's great fruit, Father, not, not a works theology, Father, but it's because we love you for who you are and because our cups are filled, we can overflow in works, in, in fruit that glorifies your name, Father, and we experience joy that super, 
exceeds anything that this life can give us. Lord, I praise you and I thank you for the privilege of sharing out of your word this morning. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.